just confirmed this earlier today on Monday's show. We will have both mayor candidates in for interviews. So I'll speak with candidate Adam Searing at 3.30 and mayor candidate Jess Anderson at 4.30. And then we'll probably give both of them a play sometime during the 5 o'clock hour as well as folks continue to make up their mind on who they'd like to vote for for mayor here in Chapel Hill. Speaking of voting, early voting had its first day with all five Orange County locations open yesterday. All spots were op- are open until 6 today as well, so you still have a couple hours to get out there and cast your ballot early. Make sure you take that ID with you. Those spots are Orange Works in Hillsborough, the Seymour Senior Center, the Chapel Hill Public Library, Chapel of the Cross on Franklin Street downtown, and 108 Bim Street behind Carborough Town Hall. With all five locations open, 806 Orange County residents voted yesterday. It's a very high number in a municipal election, indicating that turnout is likely to be high for this one. Attorney General Josh Stein announced $1.2 million in environmental grants in central North Carolina. One of the organizations receiving a grant, the Eno River Association. They'll get $60,000 to help create a strategic conservation plan that protects the Eno River Basin and addresses underserved communities in Orange and Durham counties. Turning to some holiday news now, the Hillsborough Police are hosting a trunk or treat event. It's happening as we speak on Churton Street, and uh, that's one of several events going on uh, this weekend for trunk or treat type festivities. There will also be one at the Chapel Hill Community Center Park tomorrow night from 5 to 6.30. And there's a screening of The Nightmare Before Christmas after that. Sounds like a good time. Also have the street fair happening in Pittsburgh on Saturday this weekend. And they'll have some roads closed downtown. You can expect some extra traffic on 15501 as you make your way through Pittsburgh during the day on Saturday. Keeping it in Pittsburgh... Water quality once again on the agenda at the Board of Commissioners meeting this week as they are addressing forever chemicals in the water. They had a closed session meeting to discuss a lawsuit out of Ashboro that could impact Pittsburgh's water supply. Speaking on 97.9 The Hill this week, Mayor Cindy Perry explained. Ashboro has a permit that's coming up for renewal and they are objecting to having limitations placed on some of these forever chemicals, the one for dioxane in particular, they're saying to the state water quality people that they don't have the authority to put limits on unregulated chemicals. Well, various other municipalities around us have suddenly started saying, well, now, hey, wait a minute, if the state can't set the limits, then we're going to be back to square one where nobody cared or had any idea or try to limit the amount of 1,4-dioxane or PFAS or PREFOA in the water. So we talked about something called intervention, which is seeking to add our name to the lawsuits that are going on right now. Fayetteville's joining and Reedsville is talking about joining and Wilmington. Pittsburgh Mayor Cindy Perry speaking there. No decision out of Pittsburgh this week, but Mayor Perry says they'll have more information next week after a town meeting in Reedsville. That means it's time to talk about sports. Uh, We got a lot going on in sports for sure. And uh, you know what? Let's start the conversation in sports with 
Let's talk basketball first, because you know what? There's a game coming up not real long from now. Exhibition basketball happening tonight right here on our air. Uh, Tar Heels take the floor for the first time in a preseason exhibition against St. Augustine's. It'll be our first look at this year's Carolina squad. Lots of new faces out there. We got the freshman class of Zayden High and Elliot Cadeau. We got a bunch of transfers also. Uh, but nobody's seen High and Cadeau play against college athletes before. Let's hear what head coach Hubert Davis has to say about those two. I've been really happy with both of them. I mean, they're high-level guys on and off the court, and they bring a skill set to us that, you know, honestly has just been needed. And um, having that um, type of uh, competitive fire and their ability out there on the floor um, – has been such a blessing and an honor to be a part of out there on the floor. And it's just, um, I've been just really happy with Elliot and Zayden and their development, their commitment to um, to be a part of this team and this program and this university and this community. And I'm so thankful that they're here and I, I love coaching them. UNC basketball head coach Hubert Davis speaking there. Tip-off time tonight is 7.30 in the Smith Center. We'll have all the action for you right here on 97.9 The Hill. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 after an abbreviated live and local. Coach Davis not the only one impressed with Elliot Cadeau. Word is out. He just got named ACC Preseason Rookie of the Year in the conference media poll. Armando Baycott got first-team preseason, preseason All-ACC honors. And he was also named to the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award watch list. That goes to the top center in men's college basketball in the nation. So congratulations to those preseason honors. Also for the team in general, picked to finish third in the conference with Duke and Miami coming in ahead of them. Carolina women also picked third in the league. Deja Kelly, Alyssa Usby both named preseason All-ACC and grad transfer Alexi Donarski got named to the newcomer watch list. That includes freshmen and incoming transfers. Also had some teams in action last night. Third-ranked Tar Heel women's soccer did what they've been doing this year, and that is battling someone to a draw. Is their eighth tie this season, and that is a new program record. They have not lost this season, however, in spite of those eight draws. They uh, they are at 10-0-8 on the season. Four of their last five in, in, in draws also. They're the four seed in the ACC tournament. It starts on Sunday. They'll face number five seed Pitt at 8 o'clock. The winner will face top seed Florida State in the semifinals next week. Fourth-ranked field hockey hosts second-ranked Duke tonight at 6 in a huge matchup. we got 10th-ranked men's soccer on the road at number 14 Virginia tonight at 7.30 as well. There's also a football game this weekend. Tar Heels looking to bounce back after last Saturday's loss to Virginia. It's going to be a tough one for the Heels. They're taking on Georgia Tech and Atlanta. They're also taking on history. UNC's had a lot of trouble there in recent years. With the preview of the game, here's 97.9 The Hills' Michael Coe. There comes a time after every game, win or lose, when an athlete takes off the uniform, exits the facility, and returns home. It's probably their first time alone since waking up that morning. That time, be it a minute or an hour, Provides time to reflect, rejoice, or, in the case of UNC linebacker Cedric Gray last weekend, let out some grief. Gray was coming off statistically his best game at Carolina. He'd amassed a whopping 18 tackles against Virginia, but that didn't matter to him. 
All he could think about, he said, was UNC's first loss of the season. I was very, very, very disappointed um, after the game. I was angry, sad. All the emotions were kind of coming down to me. Every, every thought kind of went through my head. Now, Gray says he's fully over the post-loss hangover and ready to help the Tar Heels redeem themselves against the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's a moment where you're like, you know, kind of wanted to go undefeated. You know, that's always the goal. But like I say, you can't get stuck on that too much. We still have all our goals ahead of us. We still can accomplish everything that we set out to accomplish this year. Um, and so, like I said, you know, we, we call it the 24-hour rule. Uh, whether you win or lose, you dwell on it for 24 hours and then you move on. Tight end John Copenhaver, a Georgia native who will be playing in front of numerous friends and family in Atlanta on Saturday, said last Sunday's team meeting acted as group therapy for the shaken Tar Heels and also the starting block for preparation for this weekend. You know, everyone was upset, um, you know, frustrated, mad. Uh, you know, we took Sunday and we dealt with it, um, watched film and, you know, put that to bed. And now we're on Georgia Tech. And, you know, I think you just kind of put a little fire under our butts that, that I think we needed. Carolina will need that fire when it takes the field at Bobby Dodd Stadium, a venue that has historically been a house of horrors for the Tar Heels. When including a visit to nearby Mercedes-Benz Stadium in 2021, UNC has lost 10 of its last 12 visits to Georgia Tech. The Jackets have won two straight overall against Carolina, each of which were upsets over ranked UNC teams. Last year's loss in Chapel Hill was the first of Carolina's four-game losing streak to end the season. Tech clearly has no fear of the Tar Heels, regardless of UNC's still lofty goals for the remainder of the season. Gray, who has still not beaten the Jackets in his college career, said he's learned his lesson. I said this last week and I'm saying it again this week. We cannot look at records. That, 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 that doesn't mean anything. There are talented people um, on, on every team. Um, so obviously Georgia Tech having our number, obviously they were kind of the start um, to the crash of, of our season um, last year. You know, it's, it's a lot of uh, built up, um, you know, maybe anger. Um, so definitely think the guys are ready to attack this week um, and ready to get after Georgia Tech. The loss to Virginia took the shine almost completely away from the Tar Heels who had just broken into the top 10 and were fancying a trip to the college football playoff. Now, as the team heads south toward unfriendly confines, the noise is coming from the opposite direction. Head coach Mac Brown said he hopes that noise, as Copenhaver put it earlier, lights a fire under the team's collective rear end. Uh, everybody been patting these guys on the back for six weeks. That won't happen this week. That when they, they go out and eat, that they won't be the same looks. People will be staring at them instead of hugging them. Uh, there's a difference, and that's just the way it is. That's the way our, our world is. Saturday's matchup is a golden opportunity for the Tar Heels, and not just because of the colors on the stadium. It's a chance to earn redemption, not only for last weekend, but for last year as well. It's also a chance to let out that built-up anger Gray described, anger which has simmered from when the clock struck zero against the Jackets last November to when it strikes 8 p.m. tomorrow. And the best way to let that anger out? Making sure that, unlike last year, Carolina's losing streak stops at 1. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Michael Coe. Thank you, Michael. You can find a print version of that story by visiting chapelboro.com. One other UNC-related sports note, World Series starting this weekend. In fact, tonight is Game 1, and the starting pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks will be former Diamond Heel Zach Gallen.
He uh, will be starting for the Diamondbacks as they take on the Rangers. Gallon went 17-9 this year with a 3.47 ERA. Congratulations on that honor for him. We will be watching.